What is up, Number Christ Podcast? I'm your host, Josh Oliver, and I invite you as you listen today to join me on the journey to know the God of the Bible and to live for Him with all our heart, soul, and strength. This is the second episode in our series on what does it mean to be a Christian. In the first episode, if you didn't listen, so last episode, it's short. Give it a listen. It'll kind of lay the groundwork for the next couple episodes. And yeah, I highly recommend listening to that first. But we're going to be diving into the first the first defining factor um, from the Number Christ podcast perspective on what it means to be a Christian. And I just want to put it out there as a disclaimer that although the Bible doesn't give relative truth or subjective truth, the Bible gives gives truth in its most pure sense, which is objectively true from the Creator God, um, of whom is the sole source of all, uh, all wisdom and truth and knowledge. But as we present something or put something into categories, like answering the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? It can be subjective um, and not in a bad way. I don't think just acknowledging it's from my perspective um, with my experience and my season of life and all those things factor into it. Uh, but still, I think these these three these three defining factors of being a Christian, I think they are very important. And um, yeah, I think I, think, I do think they're truthful and we're going to dive into the word of God and see, see it backed up. So today, this episode is about um, the first, the first defining factor of being a Christian, which is to be fundamentally changed by Christ, and this is kind of like the door of of the Christian faith. And if I asked you what's the door of the Christian faith, uh, I don't know where your mind would go. I, my mind goes to John fourteen when Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." And the same is true um, of the whole faith. Of and that, that is what he's saying. It's one of those summary statements that the way is is Jesus Christ. It is our Messiah. And so that's the first, that's the coming, it's literally, it's the coming to faith moment, right? Um, when we come to Christ, but we're changed, we're changed by him. And it's uh, a thing to rejoice in as a Christian that we're changed by Christ, depending on how you think through these things. Um, and by that, I am just referring to total depravity, um, the reform doctrine. But anyways, um, everybody or most Christians understand or have a view of of man that is a negative view that man cannot do much if any good on his own and uh, i definitely subscribe to the idea that i can only do good through christ and in christ and i think of the verse in jeremiah it's one of my favorites that says um paraphrasing here like let not the rich man boast in his riches the wise man boast in his wisdom but let the one who boasts boast in this that he knows me uh, the Lord God and God lists some attributes of his of himself. I think faithfulness and and righteousness and justice maybe in that instance in Jeremiah nine, and this is kind of what we have. And it's similar language in First Corinthians. Can't think of the chapter off the top of my head, but when when Paul says, um, "Let um, let me boast in in the cross," that's all I that's all I have to boast in. Or um, in Philippians three, when Paul says, "I counted all things." as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ uh, and all these things. So it's the first aspect to be fundamentally changed by Christ. Why do we rejoice in this? We rejoice in this because without him, we are nothing. Uh, We have only but rags to bring, but then Christ changes us. We meet him. We meet him that moment of faith when we put our faith in him and then he sends us our, his spirit, our spirit. He sends us his spirit to live inside of us, to make his home in us, to empower us to live for him and to reflect him properly and to do just anything that's worth anything. And then we can think of 1 Corinthians 3, 
referencing the judgment seat of Christ. And what's the test? The test is that what we've done is built on Christ. Um, you can't build on Christ without knowing Christ. You can't build on Christ without having been changed by Christ. That's the first. That's the first thing. Um, without meeting Christ, without knowing Christ, the power of His resurrection, we we won't be resurrected. That wasn't even what I was thinking. But we won't be able to live a life worth anything. We'll lose our soul in that way. Um, and there, obviously, I'm subbing soul for life, which is another really important idea. I think we can get, but there's nothing we can do apart from Christ. Um, and so this is, this is the door. Christ is the door, the way to life, but the way to the way to anything that counts in God's eyes. And then things all across the Bible start to fall into place when we understand, um, our being changed by Christ. Um, the, the temple language associated with the spirit language is really interesting. The ideas from the old Testament that were God's presence was most concentrated was in the temple and in the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies. And this was so guarded and there were these layers to it and only one man could approach only once a year the high priest to make atonement for sins. But then Christ, he entered, as Hebrew says, he entered that place. He made a sacrifice for sins, um, an end of all time to the sacrifice, which the priest could not do, but Christ could and he did. And then when he did that, he now concentrates his presence inside of his people. What a what a tremendous thought! And when when we think back to Moses, um, there's a passage where in Exodus, where Moses is shocked that God's that God's presence would come among the people, and it just sends us forward to where we're at now, the reality in which we live, that God does send His presence, and it dwells inside of people who put their faith in the Messiah, and how incredible that is, and just how lost we would be without the spirit. Um, apart from the spirit, we give into the law of sin and death and we live by the flesh and we can't please God. And we can't do anything. And we just fall back and fall back and fall back. And then we turn to Christ who's filled us with the spirit and who wants us to live like him and live a victorious life. And then we see his his victories over temptation. It's such an encouragement. I'm, I'm sure you know the verse from Hebrews that says he's been tested in all ways that man has and he's overcome. And you think of his temptation in the wilderness that each time Satan presents something before him, the adversary presents something that has appeal or else it wouldn't be a test or a temptation. He puts something before the son of man that has appeal and Jesus succeeds in each time. And it's just interesting. I heard someone else say this, but it's my, uh, I'd say my favorite take on on the temptation, um, on Christ's temptation in the wilderness. But if you look at the quotation, and it's people see it and we're like, okay, why is it there? The quotations that Christ um, quotes are each from Deuteronomy. I think maybe six through eight, something in there, but like a, uh, a chunk of Deuteronomy. And one, one guy had something to say along the lines of um, Christ quoted verses out of a recount of Israel's failures in the wilderness and why would he why would he quote verses out of the section of Israel's failure because he's the embodiment of true Israel of Israel succeeding of a victorious Israel um, of the chosen one of God who is victorious and um, what would the Christian faith be but the chance the potential um, after being changed by Christ empowered by the spirit to overcome as he overcome overcame 
and as he overcomes through his people. And if we think of the book of Revelation, it's the same. It's one of those things going on where Christ, the lamb, has overcome definitively a definitive victory on the cross. What what more definitive victory do you want than the cross and the resurrection? And then Christ now um, overcomes by his people, by um, yeah, by our faithful witness amidst persecution and amidst the the onslaught from from so-called Babylon uh, and all that that represents, and from the beast and all that that represents. Um, that the lamb still overcomes by his, his people's faithful witness. And none of this, none of this um, biblical life or, or God-shaped living is possible without that very first thing of what it means to be a Christian to have been fundamentally changed by Christ. So just to ground us, let's take a look at a few references. I'm just going to fire them off. Uh, I just have them written down about how we're fundamentally changed by Christ. Um, and, and what we are. So you'll see. So in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Galatians 6.15 says, Neither circumcision nor circum- uncircumcision counts for anything but new creation. Ephesians 2.15, um, this is just the middle of a sentence again, but that he might, that Christ, that he might create in himself one new man. Colossians 3.10 says, Having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in Revelation 21, 5, behold, I am making all things new. So, and even just in those references, we see the progression of a Christian where at first we put our faith in Christ, we're a new creation. Um, Colossians 3, 10 is kind of like the middle, I would say, having put on the new self in that, in that striving process that we call sanctification, the pursuit of holiness. By knowledge of Christ, we put on the new self. And then to the very end, to the, the eschatological, if you will, the end times picture of, from Revelation 21, 5, of God, Yahweh, sitting on his throne, saying, Behold, I make all things new, wiping the tears from our eyes, leveling the world. Um, and leveling the world just mean making things new and bringing us the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth, where man is with God and man, um, sorry, God strives with man, God's presence fills man, um, and we already have that promise through the Spirit. So what what does this all mean? Um, we what I attempted to do was give um, a kind of biblical approach to this this idea of being fundamentally changed by Christ that it has theological significance all throughout the Bible and all these different places that um, are kind of loosely held together by these ideas. But just to talk about what it means to be a Christian to be fundamentally changed by Christ, um, to be empowered to do good. And that's, that's not really the focus, but the focus being to actually know Christ and actually experience him, um, and who, who he is and who he was. Um, and this is, this is a subject we could just talk about and talk about and talk about. He says the scriptures are all about him. We could talk about the whole Bible. Um, but just that, that door of faith that we come to and we just knock and he comes in. Uh, like in Revelation three, knock and behold, you know, I'll come in, and that that's what that's what Christ wants to do, and so what it means to be a Christian is to have that kind of faith that we we've been changed by the only one who could cause change, and we've been changed only so He can get the glory, and it's just it's the first one that we're going to talk about in this series, just because 
of how anchoring that is that we look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, um, not ourselves. And when we look to him continually, he just changes us and grows us and makes us, um, we are a new creation, but continues to, to remake us into the man and woman, man or woman that he made us to be. And so the, the door of Christianity, it's Christ. And it's the first thing about what it means to be a Christian is to be fundamentally changed by the one who could cause that change. Um, and praise God that he offers new life um, in himself. And like the verse in Colossians says that he will reconcile all things to himself, uh, making peace by the blood of his cross. Um, he has done that, a definitive victory, and he'll continue to reign. He is reigning right now. He reigns through his people on earth, um, filled with his spirit to run after him. Um, but a people who's changed, a people who looks like Christ, a Messiah-shaped people, a redeemed people um, to live in the power of his resurrection and in his victory and to continually plug into him. And it's just been a time for me, kind of a transition period for me. This is personal, personal moment that will land the plane, but a uh, transition period for me. And the transition is always tough for me. Um, just, I mean, the details aren't important, but coming up from Florida to Pennsylvania and being here and the transition, like I said, is tough for me. And it, it often discourages me because I struggle to get a routine just in any way. And I do mean uh, primarily in a spiritual way to get that routine. But what I've been so reminded of lately is, um, and I'm reading a, a book and the guy's talking about prayer and he's talking about how prayer is just letting Christ come in because like we can't do anything and we're in our helplessness and our need. And I'm like, come on, man, that's exactly how I'm feeling like helpless and, and needy and um, maybe not empty, but needing something. And that the only thing I can be filled, the only way I'll be filled or satisfied is to turn to Christ and do it in prayer. Um, and that the only one who can pray um, a true prayer is the one who's who's met Christ, who's known Christ, and who can plug into him by prayer, um, the gift of prayer, to to know him, to to get the um, to get my needs answered. Um, and just what an encouragement that's been when I brought low to look high, to look to the one who's been raised above all of creation. He's given all authority, and he's he's sitting there on his throne, and he says, um, "I'm listening to you." Um, I've, but I've changed you and you can live in that power. It's a promise that he's changed us. He's made us new. And so the first thing, what it means to be a Christian is to be fundamentally changed by Christ, that we can know him and that we can live like him. Thanks for listening.